coffee isn't just a drink, it's who you are. We are Little Green Hive, and we're here to serve that perfect cup of coffee made just for you. We're women-owned and locally sourced. Our mission is to provide the best product for our customers, as well as strengthen our community. From fair trade coffees and teas, to breakfast, lunch, and smoothies, we have everything you need to start your day off right. Come visit us in downtown Roanoke, Grandin Village, and now at the Daleville Town Center, Little Green Hive, because coffee is personal. Hey, thanks so much for listening to Hometown Stories. It means a lot to us. If you like what you hear, we'd love it if you shared us with a friend, left us a review, or subscribed to Hometown Stories. That way, you basically get first dibs as soon as we release a new episode. You can also email us at hometownstories at wdbj7.com. We'd love to hear your hometown story. Okay, now let's get back to the episode. What are you What are you getting now? I like the chocolate chips, and anything that she did. What looks like people have taken the ones with the sprinkles. They're very good. So, is this your first or second round of cookies? Second, second. Maybe there'll be three or four more later. Oh, what is that? Is that a holly bush? It's so good. It's like the perfect amount of sugar. Calories don't count in the holiday season, right? We'll try the chocolate crinkle one. Mmm, that's really good and fluffy. I like it. Yes, Virginia, there is a Mrs. Claus, and she lives in Roanoke, Virginia. She's as sweet as the sugar that becomes her tool of choice every holiday season. Once a year, she adds a dash of something special before dashing away for a very special delivery. In this episode of our series called Lighter Fair, our editor, Ben Roquelme, takes us back to where the magic began and the way she continues to make glad the heart of adulthood. Every year, just before Christmas, the staff at WDBJ7 receives a highly anticipated treat. It's always a big thrill when the, the platter would arrive with all of these beautiful cookies that have clearly taken hours and hours of time to put together. And it makes such a beautiful display. And then they taste good too, which is really wonderful. The platter that Joe DeShiel is referring to is the annual Reed Christmas cookie platter. When I came into the newsroom after my lunch break, there was like a nice aroma in the air and I saw the cookies on the table and I feel like the mood just shifted in the newsroom. People look forward to this every year. Dozens and dozens of cookies of all varieties. I just tried the Snickerdoodle, that's the best one. That's definitely the best one so far. Sugar, chocolate chip, and Snickerdoodle. Chocolate chip was pretty even with sugar, but Snickerdoodle takes it to the next level. Every detail of these cookies has been thought out. Stocking-shaped cookies with cherry-flavored red icing, or candy cane sugar cookies with just a hint of peppermint. It's the best day of the year, and I don't want to go overboard. The one I had this year I think was new. It tasted like cherry cordial, almost like angel food cake. It was delicious. The cookies have quickly become one of my favorite holiday traditions. And with all the detail and care that goes into them, I wanted to talk to the person behind the cookies. 
When I arrived for the interview, all the trimmings of Christmas were there. The tree was up and beautifully decorated, and there was even an additional miniature tree that could be seen in the window from outside. I was informed that the oven was temporarily stopped in preparation for my arrival, but coffee and samples were on offer. Well, I'm Teresa Reed, wife of the very famous Robin Reed. One thing you should know about Teresa is that she is an artist, a very talented artist, and she does it all. Paintings, sculpture, she plays guitar, the piano, a little violin. Robin even showed me some pictures of Santa gourds that she's been making this year. And from start to finish, the amount of detail she puts into her work is stunning. And you can see that detail cross over into her baking. You want your cookie to taste good. You you know, not only does it visually have to look special, it has to taste good. So I, I really try to hone in on that process. She told me that she starts picking the cookies she will bake as early as October. Gathering my recipes, putting my dough together and uh, freezing. I freeze the dough and then I pull it out and do a week of baking. Right now I have at least 10 different varieties in the freezer. The cookie dough's been made and I'll spend next week baking. Was it always that many? Where did you start? Actually, I've done more than that. Um, I've cut back a little bit. Yeah, it's just nice to have variety on a platter where there's something for everyone. The snowball is nostalgic, but I think the chocolate crinkle is my favorite. I like the chocolate crinkles. I like those. And then I have a recipe that is a fruit cake. It's like a cookie that is a fruit cake. And those to me really, when you bite in the one, I know a lot of people don't like fruit cake, but in that cookie, you get all the spice, you get the figs, you get the candied fruits that, and it really does give a sense of Christmas when you bite into it. Oddly enough, the fruitcake cookie I don't know, fruitcake gets a bad rap. It does. But the fruitcake cookie is next level. I, I, I never knew that I liked a fruitcake cookie until I tried that one a couple of years ago. That's probably the most like anticipated flavor that, that I look forward to. So I'm going to wait and see after the 11 o'clock news to see if there's any left. And whatever's left, I'm taking them all home. And I just realized I put myself out there on tape that... Uh, I'm the one who takes all the fruitcake cookies, <laughs> but no, they're good. Uh, it's, it's a staple. I asked Teresa about how it all started, the tradition of the Reed cookie platter. She told me about the flood of 85. The flood of 85 created a situation in our home where we were going to go through a Christmas without being able to give gifts because we lost a great deal of personal items during the flood of 85. So our way of gifting friends and thanking them became through cookies. (laughs) While the tradition at WDBJ7 began in 85, the love of Christmas cookies began when Teresa was a kid. And we had this church in our neighborhood. And this woman, her name was Blanche Stroll. And every year, Blanche had a Christmas party in this really damp, paneled basement of this church, cold 
I just remember it being a cold paneled mm -hmm. church, okay? In the basement of the church. And this woman baked cookies, similar to really this is where mine, I know where mine came from. And she had every type of cookie you could imagine. And she would have these nine foot tables lining the room and they would have beautiful decorations on them with all these different platters of cookies. And she would open the basement door to the church. All the children in the town were invited to come and have cookies. No adults, okay? And all of us would rush in, we'd wear our best. Our mothers would dress us up in our best clothes for Mrs. Stroll's Christmas party. And we'd go in and she would hand us plates and we could go down all the lines of the tables and pick any cookie we wanted. And she worked so hard to decorate these cookies so that visually they just, it was magical. So she put so much work and effort into cookies for all these employees who she may never have actually met, but she does the effort so that all of them can enjoy it. And I think it's especially nice because sometimes when you're a new news employee, it's hard sometimes to get in the holiday cheer if you have to, you know, work the holidays. And so it's just a nice little pick-me-up. As a young person working in radio and television, I understand the hours. I understand that you might be a reporter from Nebraska and not be able to go home during the holidays. And you need a taste of home, and a cookie is a taste of home. Well, I got this one. It was like a pink cake kind of inside, and it was like dipped in white chocolate. Like, it was really good. I love this little tradition, so it's my first time having it, but I'm excited for next year. <laughs> I've always been impressed that cookies that obviously took Teresa a long time to bake still taste as fresh as they do but they're always very good she is in the kitchen she's making these she's baking these they're just they're wonderful when I was in the newsroom collecting sound from everyone there was one very common refrain that I heard it's not Christmas at WDBJ7 until the cookies arrive from Teresa and Robin Reed. I look forward to the day that, that cookie tray arrives with all the cookies. It's definitely Christmas when the Reed cookie tray shows up in the newsroom. I know it's not quite Christmas until the Teresa Reed cookies come walking through the newsroom. If you don't have the opportunity to be among people, you're at home, make some cookies. It's kind of therapy, it'll make you feel better. I call your grandmother and say, Grandma, remember this cookie that I loved as a child? Can you give me the recipe? Call your mother, call your father. He may be a great cookie maker. You know, it's about getting in touch with family. So you see, Virginia, there is a Mrs. Claus. 
we'll count on her to continue bringing holiday cheer every year. Go ahead, call your grandma for that recipe or make one of your own. We'd love to hear about it. Lighter Fair is a production of WDBJ7 in Roanoke, Virginia. This episode was written and produced by our editor, Ben Requelmy. I'm Leanna Scacchetti. We'll see you next time. Hometown Stories is sponsored by Little Green Hive, because coffee is personal. Locations in downtown Roanoke, Daleville, and Grandin.